the right jingle. Morning, Hank. <laughs> Good morning. You're about to Come start on, reading what's the newsletter. <laughs> a message has been left with them. They're playing on Saturday in Monaco, and a very good friend of mine has left them a message. But my phone fell down the loo, and I, it's not working. <laughs> so, oh, dear. <laughs> so it could be that magical moment in showbiz when I missed the it's phone a call. of disasters. <laughs> In a way, the news is uh, is uh, dominating the headlines, of course, from the UK. Perhaps we should start with that. Britain, as we know, does have a prime minister. Well, it doesn't have as much of a government left, quite frankly. I had a good chess analogy yesterday. kind of sums up Boris Johnson's position. The king is still on the board, but stands alone with very few moves left. This is after 40 ministers and aides have resigned over the course of the past 24 hours or so. There was a delegation of ministers waiting for has returned from Parliament yesterday demanding that he steps down. He really had to battle through yesterday. I mean, it was a difficult day by anyone's standards, quite frankly. He had that uh, tough time at Prime Minister's question time and a bruised encounter with the liaison committee as well. So uh, watching the headlines carefully coming out of Downing Street, I suppose the most obvious next moment will be when the Conservative 1922 committee elects its new executive. Remember, that was supposed to be on Wednesday. It's now going to be, I think, on Monday. Could see a change in the leadership rules there that would see the Prime Minister face another vote of no confidence. Commentators certainly suggesting the mass would be against him this time around. If you remember, if uh, 32 more Conservative MPs had voted against him in June, he would have been out. You feel like the tide has turned against him, certainly since then. And what would be the consequences? I mean, if he, if he does keep standing his ground and doesn't budge, as they're saying in the reports, uh, and could he call for a snap general election, or how does it work? Uh, there is some precedent for that. I think that was perhaps in the 1930s or so. We did see the Prime Minister uh, with a divided party backdrop deciding to go to the uh, the monarch and uh, call for a disillusionment of parliament and then a general election he was asked about that actually in the li liaison committee yesterday he suggested that he would be ruling that out but who knows how that potentially could play out from here one would suggest if we get that vote of no confidence against him he will feel that, uh, that he will have to go one would suspect at that point in terms of what it means for policy, this is the interesting thing, and it'd be interesting to see how that philosophical debate within conservatism plays out, particularly around how to tackle the economic challenges ahead. So markets will be looking for whether they decide to go for higher wages, lower taxes, more borrowing, versus the more cautious approach for fear of adding to inflationary pressures. So certainly the Chancellor, uh, the previous Chancellor, so say Rishi Sunak, had been calling for the idea that tax hikes were necessary and we need to put the nation's finances back onto a firmer footing and we need to try and tackle those inflationary pressures. Others within the party have been calling for a more expansive programme. So from an economic perspective, I suppose that will be the main focus coming through as we go through this potential leadership change. OK, and it was a better day for the markets in Europe than it was for Boris Johnson? 
Yeah, equity markets rebounding yesterday. Investors were encouraged to buy the dip ahead of the corporate earnings season. European stocks recovered from the January 2021 low that was hit on Monday. Stock 600 was up 1.7% yesterday. Though fears of an uh, an economic squeeze uh, due to the rationing of Russian energy continues to, I think, keep a lid on risk appetite across the region. In the UK, despite that raft of resignations from ministers, the FTSE 100 was up 1.2%. It was helped by the recovery in the oil price. Sterling continued to remain weak, however, around 1.19 yesterday and again this morning. On Wall Street, the FOMC minutes did little to resolve the uncertainty around whether the US Central Bank will hike rates by 50 or 75 basis points the upcoming July meeting, with a decision likely to be data-dependent. I think on the balance of probability we'll get 50 basis points, but I think that would be a very close call. S&P 500 closed up nearly four-tenths of 1%. We are looking at a stronger start on the Euro European bourses this morning, currently calling the FTSE up 71 points, DAX over in Frankfurt up 91 points, CAC Corn in Paris up 51 points. And uh, euro is, uh, the euro is slumping? Yeah, the euro has been tumbling, in fact, has fallen to a 20-year low and is close to parity with the US dollar. As traders bet, the European Central Bank will be forced to scale back interest rate hikes as the economy risks being tipped into recession. Euro dollar hovering just above 102 this morning, the weakest level we've seen since December 2002. The losses come as money markets continue to trim European Central Bank tightening bets as the growth outlook darkens, with traders anticipating the the prospect of gas shortages we've been talking about uh, from Russia cutting back supplies and uh, impacting growth. Fallout from the war in Ukraine is hampering the European Central Bank's ability to raise rates, widening the interest rate differential. Traders are betting the European Central Bank will kick off their tightening cycle, the first hike in a decade, later this month with 25 basis points. But as we've been talking about, the Fed, in contrast, has already raised rates by 150 basis points. Markets pricing in an 80% chance of a further 75 basis points at the July meeting. In terms of broader expectations, money markets betting the European Central Bank will now deliver 140 basis points of hikes during the course of this year. That's down from a 190 basis point forecast only a week ago. So you see the magnitude of the scaling back of hiking expectations in Europe playing out in terms of the foreign exchange markets. And the foreign exchanges, please, Hank. Pound against dollar coming in at 119 and a half this morning. Euro dollars have been talking about 102. You're going to get one euro 17 cents for your British pound this morning. Thank you very much. And you're off on holiday. I am going on holiday. I'm heading down to uh, California with the children. They break up from school. So I'll be doing that over the course of the next couple of weeks, which is not ideal, quite frankly, certainly given the, the weaker pound that we've got. But Mrs. Potts will be trying to initiate some consumer-led recovery in the US, and I'll be doing my very best to hold her back. We're going to Disneyland for a couple of days oh, as wow. well, which doesn't sound like a holiday to me, but uh, I'll let you know how we get on. Keep us posted. Have a great time, and we'll speak to you when you're back. Thank you. Have a good day. Hank Potts from Barclays. Barclays Private Bank has been in Monaco for 100 years. Since we opened our doors here in 1922, we have enabled our clients to invest in tomorrow and to influence it, drawing on experience, insights and ideas to help them create the world they want to make possible. And we're only just getting started. 100 years in Monaco, 100 years young. 